Visceralist Podcast. This is episode 136, 136, divisible by 4, 2, I think 8. Oh, wow. No, not 8. Not 8, like sorry. Mathematician over here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Visceralist at gmail.com. Instagram or uh, we would usually start with it, it is divisible by eight. I had to use a calculator is. for that, and you okay. obviously you just knew it. Mm. Well, okay, yeah, okay, that, that checks out. <laughs> I don't because I was thinking it's I know a hundred isn't divisible by eight, but um, but then I was thinking eight times four is thirty six, but it's actually thirty two. So yeah, that does work. Uh, anyway, <laughs> this isn't the quicker ways of breaking down complicated that was, math that was the, uh, podcast. Quick maths, quick maths portion of the podcast. <laughs> Thank you for calling it maths, plural. Um, we would normally do a trifling in NYC in this segment, but we have a lot of ground to cover with episode six, seven, eight of Succession season three. But. I do want to. Uh, I want to do two things. First, I do want to give a big shout out to uh, the new season of Southside. Oh yeah, which is on HBO Max. Uh, super funny show. Great, they're doing. They upgraded the work this this season. Uh, there's a line from one episode where one of the characters is being interviewed by someone, and she says she's. She said this. She said, "I'm the ninth youngest of nine, but also the ninth favorite." <laughs> Which? <laughs> oh man, this show is full of I'm gems. The ninth youngest, yeah, that is great. Um, also, I want to give a little preview because, of course, this week is the week that I remember a bunch of my great trifling and NYC stories. But I did write down notes, so I'm just going to go through the headlines just to tease oh, okay. the next episode. So we have uh, first one is Tinder checking in bed. Uh-huh. Uh, second one is uh, MGMT. <laughs> I guess that does refer okay. to the band. Okay. Uh, third one is Lizzo. And yes, oh, that does boy. that does refer to oh, uh, the singer. <laughs> uh, Greek Malacca. And yes, mm. that does refer to the uh, slur in Greek Malacca. Huh. Fa- made famous in uh, the Wire episode where Ziggy uh, goes on a rampage. Uh, and then we have the Jamaican Countdown story which i'm not sure i feel like i may have told but if i did that would have been super early on so being be on a lookout for all those um but in any case uh let's get to succession episode six now this happened as a recording this this happened a while ago so we we did do a quick recap on the wikipedia entry for this episode um and also, you know, as I was taking notes in episodes six, seven, and eight, I was, I was still trying to do to not take notes at every little thing that I noticed because they're, you know, it's a great show. There's yeah, a lot of notable things, a lot of notable stuff that happens pretty frequently. But I wanted to sort of like what I really want to do is just hold off on any notes until the very end, and then just whatever I remember, I feel like is is notable. Okay. And so, but of course I didn't do that for any of these episodes. So, um, 
So I have tons of notes to go through. And as is usually the case, uh, I don't remember a lot of them. But Yeah, that's maybe my favorite part of this game. Looking <laughs> at the notes, trying to figure out what you meant when you wrote it. <laughs> right. So I think, uh, luckily, as I said, we did do the recap uh, of the of the plot summary. So we're, so we're good there, listeners. Um, but yeah, this is basically the, mostly revolved around, um, the, what was it called? Um, what was the name of this? The future freedom summit that was attended by Logan and, and most of the fam, uh, with the goal of determining, you know, who they want to be the next president, um, you know, I've, I've, I don't know that much about, you know, conservative or, or just political, um, uh, what, what would I say? These, these yearly conferences that I'm sure there's tons of them. Right. Happen. Um, and anyway, yeah. So this, this one, uh, you know, the, the show is framing this as like a, one that has a lot of very influential people coming to support and also a lot of politicians to pitch pitch themselves to wealthy donors, basically. Uh, and, uh, you know, ostensibly to determine who the Roys will push hard to be the next president, which in the world of the show, they seem to believe uh, will actually wind up being the next president. Is that, do I have that right? Yeah, I mean, in their eyes, they're picking the president. I mean, they get to interview all these people and then just sort of, you know... <clears throat> Fashion, fashion the news coverage in their favor. I guess is what they could do. Mm-hmm. Whether they do do that, I mean, I we have actually seen this season the first time, like Logan, like uh, blatantly telling them what to show on the news. When previously he's been saying that you know, ATN shows what it wants. It's like I leave them. You know, that's up to them. Yeah, that that is interesting because I mean he's definitely feeling the screws tighten, which is why he's, I guess, if we could say, abandoning his quote unquote principles around this particular policy he has. Which, you know, journalistic freedom, having journalistic freedom when a lot of these companies, you know, these are, you know, news between newspapers, uh, TV news, they're owned by companies, some of which are owned by or controlled by singular people. You know, I'm thinking about News Corp, mm-hmm. um, the Washington Post being owned by uh, Jeff Bezos. Um, you know, you could go down the list. Even the New York Times is run, is owned by, I believe, the family who either started it or purchased it at some point. But, um, you know, they're all quite wealthy. Um, and yeah, in this case, he is... He's like, no, fuck, fuck all the, the bullshit. You know, I'm 80. I also don't want to go to jail. So, you know, <laughs> if, if, if the sitting president isn't going to, you know, listen to me when I lean on him, then fuck it. You know? And so, you know, the song and dance that we saw, we saw three primary candidates do a little, do a little jig, show a little lig, leg, uh, we have the guy who I believe was on 20, I want to say was on 24 as the president or vice was president. That the vice president. He was either on 24 or he was on House of Cards. Maybe it was House of Cards. He looked kind of familiar. And that's the guy who's the current vice president, right? Yes. Yes. So we have him. We have Salgado, who is the one that approached Shiv and basically said, I'll make sure 
uh, Logan's pushed out and that you're installed as CEO. And then we have, um, guy who's, I guess we could say, uh, charitably is, uh, friendly to, uh, fascist slash Nazi leanings, oh, uh, or ideologies, um, which, uh, t- who takes a shine to Roman or perhaps vice versa, perhaps a little of both. Um, but yeah, why don't we start there? What, what do you think about these three different candidates and their dealings with with uh, with the Roy's and you know we can say skipping out a little bit like they don't this storyline doesn't really come up in episode seven or eight likely will later yeah I wonder if it will so we in, can talk pretty freely and speculate I think in nine or ten or maybe wait till next season but um yeah I was I'm a little I was a little surprised that everyone was like. <laughs> so rude to the sitting vice president like nobody likes this dude and they treating him like a like a jerk i mean like logan's pulling all his power moves like hey man like calling people waking them up is like i'd like to have a chat and the guy's like it's late he's like i'd like to have a chat yeah and he's he's also like oh and could you bring me a coke too yeah and bring me a coke like i don't know like i like I, I guess I get it. I, I see what he's doing, but yeah, he doesn't like him. He's not going to choose him, treating him like this already. Um, and I mean, they already had their doubts about that. That vice president as a as a candidate, as a viable candidate to win, like the the national election, anyway. So I think so. They were like, "Are you yeah. saying that you don't think they'll choose him because he's spineless?" Like, wouldn't that's, that- what it, that's what it seems like, and I think. It might even just be, you know, his affiliation with the current president that like sort of screwed him anyway. But the guy yeah. doesn't seem to do much. They don't. They, you know, people will bring atten- bringing attention to all his lick lipping, um, which was interesting. <laughs> <That's> right? <laughs> yeah, he's like a fucking Heath Ledger Joker over here. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> It didn't go that far, but yeah, when they talked about it, then you started to see it, and they do that. Man, they do those those zooms, those hard zooms in this mm-hmm. show, and then they zoom in on him licking licking his lips. Man, it's like oof. No, that is sir. A, yeah. We should take a moment to to, or at least I I feel um, I don't know, celebrate or congratulate the cinematography in this show because they didn't invent this style, but they are masters of it like the tight zoom when someone drops like a, a dialogue bomb um oh yeah something interesting is happening in the background and they're sort of zooming in on someone looking at like i guess the primary conversation or something uh yeah this this show is is excellent cinematography across the board yeah that it's it's really great and there was something i saw on the internet which is for episode seven i i, I want to say episode seven you got to remind me with like who they had a couple characters in the frame one was in the foreground one was in the background and then it was like depending on the conversation who they were focusing on and like mm-hmm. seeing their reactions and then seeing yeah. the reaction to the reaction but um yeah so so this was kind of like creepy they did they did let greg stay in the room for a little bit you know greg did his awkward greg talk um yeah, but they're not they're not going with that vice president. For this, actually, like Logan always, you know, he's not the most likable person, right? But I didn't I never like 
this was probably the most I disliked him in an entire episode. Why? With with just the way he was like treating all the candidates and treating everyone in the room and just like so high on himself. Like we are booking the next president, you know? Like, but who's to say that that some you know in some fashion that doesn't kind of happen right now? I don't know. But this was the only time I've just sort of been like, man. Like I, like I really don't like you right now. Yeah, he's done a lot of terrible shit throughout the show, but I don't know. This one like really rubbed me the wrong way. For some yeah, reason. I think it's. I I don't think that I think the show the way the show is presenting or has been presenting his level of power. I think with this portrayal of him being like, oh yeah, we just are doing it. I think it's more to show his hubris than. Yeah. The, his actual ability to do it because it's not really in, in, interesting usually to have a, a character who can literally get whatever they want at any point in time. There needs to be struggle and they've presented his, the limitations on his power pretty well so far. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, I would say he's telling people that they're picking it. So that in and of itself is, um, you know, a level of gamesmanship. He may or may not actually believe it, but it, it's helpful to tell people or to that they can, cause that can be sort of self-fulfilling in a way. Right. Uh, and it's just right, a way, right, right. another level of, to his uh, skills at manipulation. Um, but I think at the very least, he's confident that, that they'll have some influence and, you know, they, they did set it up where he wants someone who will be more amenable because he thought that this current president was the raisin uh and he's not so he's like i don't want to make that mistake again mm-hmm. you know? yeah so we have that we have salgado who was played by um yule vasquez actually who fame p of the uh seinfeld episode uh it with the, the the couple the gay couple of guys who were also like very threatening to kramer <laughs> a oh couple. yeah this guy was very familiar looking maybe that's where he was right yeah. his face from so I don't know. He seemed like uh, this character and the, the writing around this seemed like it's like they kind of wanted to give Shiv something to do in this episode. <laughs> Cause I never really felt like he was going to be any kind of a factor. Me neither. He's just always, it seems to be like he's someone who, you know, keeps winning elections and is like always sort of around and his name is talked about for higher positions, but for whatever reason, it never goes any farther than that. And that's, and then maybe that was, you know, that's probably part of his frustration with trying to go straight to Shiv. It's like, oh, maybe I got an opening now, but yeah. Yeah. He never really had a chance with them. Uh, and then we have Mencken, uh, and, yeah, I mean, look, at least he's out he's he's out front with his his views. He doesn't really shy away. He got sort of I guess you could say castigated in the forum itself, but then, you know, look, he's in he's in the room where it happened at at the end with uh with Roman, power new newly uh minted power broker Romulus Roy. <laughs> This man's got mm. power, power, power. Isn't um, I'm trying to think back. It's been a while since I saw this episode, but wasn't he, he the one when they were in that like circle that was sort of saying it loudly that ATN is dead? Yes. Okay. 
Yeah, he was. Uh, and this seems to be a thrust of, uh, I guess, one of the big storylines in this season is that is ATN or, or actually Waystar Royco, you know, fighting for relevancy. And, you know, we'll see that in more so in episode seven and eight with the Gojo stuff. But um, yeah, he, he seems to think that this guy, you know, is, uh, is the, the Cola product for a new generation, you know, Pepsi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he does. He thinks he's, he thinks this guy's gonna. Why do you something. Why do you think Roman is so like Roman? I think we can probably say is not Nazi sympathizer, and probably views this as more of a means to an end uh, in, in terms of basically just tolerating this stuff because he'll probably win and he wants to be ahead of the game basically. But other than that, do you think Roman like? What do you think Roman's read on like why does Roman like this guy so much? I that part I don't really get either. I think he he definitely I think he likes that he's like kind of young and isn't afraid to like say these like smarmy smart act smart ass comments similar to Roman and just say like semi offensive things as well or this flat out offensive things but like yeah, you know that's uh, the truth that's yeah. how it is you know um, right. And then, you know, obviously he's not like some of his, some of Roman's issues with opposing, um, man, I just sell, is it Salgado? Even going Salgado, yeah. Salgado is like, I think, honestly, the, the majority of it is because Shiv wants Salgado. So he's like, no, automatically mm. against him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then he, sure. he, and then for the vice president, he just like, he doesn't think very much of him. Like he's like a glass of warm milk or something. Just like, he's just there. He does kind of look, he look, he both looks like a glass of warm milk and it looks like he's just had a glass of warm milk with all that lip licking. But yeah, I mean, Roman is really, you know, in our reviews of the earlier episodes, I've been kind of down on him being like, why, why is people taking him seriously? But I know you were. Yeah, he's kind of like speaking it into existence. You know, he's I don't know if it's fake it till you make it type thing, but he's really going for it. And it seems to be working. Mm -mm. Yeah, you know, as I as I said, the phrase, it seems to be working. I squinted my eye, my one eye, just kind of like he does. And I'm like, oh, my God, I picked up this quirk of his. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Quirks. I did. You know the eye squint I'm talking about? Yeah, I know the eye squint. Oh, it's a, that's a good one. Oh, I'm going to have to get, unlearn this. <laughs> <laughs> I do like it, though. Oh, man. Yeah, so I, I don't know. And then, yeah, Minkin, Minkin is their man. Um, I don't even remember who else. Let me see. Who else was in the room? Except for, I will say, we said it briefly before we started, but this was like the emergence of Carrie. Like, I don't remember if Carrie, the Logan's assistant, she said something unprompted or he actually asked for her opinion. But the fact that she had, you know, spoke up in favor of somebody mm-hmm. was like, whoa, like, yeah, like, wow, it's like, out of nowhere. Why do you think you can you can speak up here in this yeah. context? I mean, right. the show That's not her role there. The show was pretty. It, they, it was interesting track they took with um, Rhea last season where they never ex- made it explicit mm-hmm. that Rhea was fucking Logan, although it's heavily, heavily implied. Yes. And they're doing sort of the same thing with, uh, is it Carrie? Yeah. 
yeah, carry Carrie. this season. Um, pretty heavily implied, but at the same time, she's just around all the time because she's his uh, factotum. But uh, or assistant, I guess you could say. So. <laughs> who was his? I'm trying to remember who his previous assistant was. Was yeah. it Carolina around all? The, Carolina used. I feel like used to be around a lot more. But yeah, that was when they were in like crisis mode too. But yeah, it does seem like they kind of written Carolina out, or maybe she's just U.S. based and or yeah. New York based, and we've just been outside of New York for. And for Kendall's Kendall's got his person. Roman and Shiv don't really have anybody. Roman did, didn't he? Didn't he have somebody? Um, no. He never did. I know he. Well, I mean, I rewatched episode one, season one, recently. He has like a guy who just sages rooms before he he gets in there, <laughs> <laughs> which is I don't think counts. But uh... Uh, yeah, it doesn't count. Okay, so may- yeah, maybe he didn't. Um, I mean. Based but, off these last few episodes, he's on track to get somebody. Yeah, so we had we had some of the Pierces were there as well, which may be not surprising. It's still crazy to me that uh, Mark Linbaker from Perfect Strangers plays a character in this. He plays Maxim Pierce. Oh, yes. Uh, That's cousin, right. Maxim cousin Larry. is always around. Now cousin him Larry, and... Uh... Cousin Greg. Cousin Larry. Cousin Larry, Cousin Greg. Him and uh, Connor are like best buddies now, working yeah. together. So what do you and what do you think about I mean, based on what we've seen in episode seven and eight, like they do sort of sort of take seriously the, the idea of Connor becoming pres- president and pushing all their weight behind him. Is that is that actually settled? Uh I think they're not going for Connor, but I his dad I think just sort of, you know, he likes to get the kids' hopes up. And so then, was he just humoring him? I think so. Part of it's Connor too. Con- I mean, Connor's the one that brought it up, and then the dad was like, "All right, let's hear what you got." You know, Logan's like, "Let's let's hear it." Then fine, you're in the room already because you're one of us. But let's hear it. You want to throw your hat in the ring, right? Um, and then Greg, man, Greg's response to why not Connor was like out of this world. Greg, <laughs> I don't even remember what it was. I just remember being like, "Greg, come on, man." Um. Yeah, he's But yeah, Connor Connor's kind of kind of like a real candidate. I mean, we'll see later on. I don't I think it was the birthday party episode where he was like that's 0.1%. That's 4 million people or he started like giving numbers with people. I'm like, yeah, not he terrible. He said uh he said it's one he's polling at 1%, which is 4 million people, which I think yeah. I think sort of checks out. Which I was like, okay. Not awful. I mean, he's like yeah. a typical fringe candidate. And like you know? he said, he's like, look, I could sway the election one way or the yeah. other. Or yeah. you know, throwing that weight behind a candidate. Yeah, I mean, if you if you can get 4 million people interested in you, yeah, mm-hmm. you probably do need to be taken seriously. Especially, especially if it's conservatives, who I believe just numbers-wise tend to vote more. Yeah, I believe uh, so too. Than... Um, We'll say non-conservatives, but um, yeah. So that's you know that's for for that meeting. We also sort of simultaneously have Kendall really taking really uh, strange risks and being a way too cocky in his dealings with the DOJ. Apparently, they had prep yeah, meeting man. with his lawyer, and then also the actual meeting with the DOJ, which. Lawyer was not happy with him. 
No, he's terrible. He's he. Uh, I mean, he's a terrible listener, but he has mm. been such an awful listener to every woman on this show, oh. especially this season. It is. Oh man, it's unbelievable. Even the one, it, it's and what makes it worse, yeah, it's the women that he's hiring to help him to yeah. like make him look better, to help him take over the company, and he won't follow their advice. You're you're totally right. Yes, yeah, between Lisa, the PR people, and Shiv in that meeting uh, at Rava's place, he is yeah. That's this clearly a blind spot. I don't of, of his. I mean. It's interesting that he happens to have hired or put put women in in these positions in the first place. Um, he doesn't really have a lot of men helping him at this point either. Now that now that I think about it, no. And he's I mean, firing Lisa. You know, we're told, or he says that he fired Lisa. You know, was she maybe okay with that? Probably. I I was expecting her to it to take the turn where she fired him or, or dropped, dropped him as a client yeah, because of his performance. And like, you know, but, but, you know, after the DOJ meeting, she did say, she did seem to be like, well, we're going to need a new strategy now, but we can probably still make it work. I don't know. If she's just confident or that good, but. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I guess she's, I mean, that's that's her job. I think she's that good and she's persistent and she's someone that's, you know, when she's fully committed, she's in. And so she was like, all right, now we got to find out a way to, to make this work because he, man, like, I don't know. She was definitely like rethinking her. How many times? <laughs> the contract with him. She was like, why did I do this? How many, times do, you think, how many times do you think Kendall did that little chuckle he does in that meeting with the DOJ? Man. It's too, too much. Like he can't even. The guy can't answer a question. It was. It was very. You know what it was kind of like. Except he didn't get up and walk away. Like when those internal auditors came and interviewed Tom, and they started asking Tom questions, and he was like, "Oh, I gotta go to the bathroom." I remember. And I then remember never that. came back. I remember that. That was hilarious. <laughs> it was just like, oh, I didn't know you guys were gonna be asking the tough questions. It's like, come on. Yeah. Like, um but yeah well speaking of tom we had we had more of his uh fixation on going to jail um and i think we learned in this episode that he has a jail consultant uh (laughs) yeah he's he's big on the prison blogs he's got his consultant like man he's all in yeah it's weird like he took this meeting with greg at this diner which basically just seemed to the purpose of which seemed to be just to make Greg more as scared as he is because misery loves company, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he also schedules one with Ken where, which I think this, this is one key part that showed me or gave me a, an insight into Ken's like, like I look, I, Ken's probably my favorite character. I have sort of been rooting for him since the end of season two, but I'm like, it's, it's kind of scary to see like where his blind spots are in terms of how he's trying to build this case and like to see, you know, I wouldn't say the emperor has no clothes, but the clothes are pretty tattered uh, and worn and, and off brand. And is that, does that actually say Drada, not Prada? Is this a knockoff Prada that 
if you look closely at it, you'll see it says Drata. Yeah, that's not good. But yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, but Tom sums it up when he says when he's leaving and he says, "Look, I've never seen Logan lose, um, and I or no, I've never seen Logan get fucked, but I've seen you get fucked a lot." Yeah, and he's absolutely right. And it, it really, like, went straight to Ken's heart. He was like, damn. And then he gets on this asshole shit when somebody points something out and, or he doesn't get his way. And, you know, he started mm-hmm. taking pictures of Tom as they were leaving. But, but yeah, he didn't – he was trying to be a little – I don't remember exactly what Ken said, but he was trying to be rude. Kind he of be said like, something about, um, you know – do you think doing stuff like this is going to make Shiv think you're a big man or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it was some it, it was definitely something about his relationship with Shiv. Um so I, I don't know. He he's obviously desperate. Lisa's out, his case is falling apart as as we've discussed before, it doesn't seem like he has the kind of damning evidence that he thought he had. Um things are going away. I think he's also realizing like how involved he is in this whole case. Like he's finally getting it that he's probably not going to get away scot-free. If anything, you know, if somebody else goes down, he's probably going down too. Mm -hmm. At least partially. You Um, You mean Kendall? Yeah. And I think he's starting, I think that started to hit him during that questioning session too. And at, if, I don't remember the exact questions, but some of it was like, what was your involvement in this? Did you know about the payments? Did you know about this? And he can't deny that he didn't, you know, he can't deny that he knew about that stuff. That's right. They did show the tail end of uh, his session and yeah, or maybe just the very beginning. And it does seem like, yeah, they, and they sort of framed it as maybe this, or I guess my initial read was like, oh, wow. Logan's already got to the DOJ and so they're trying to flip it on Kendall. But I think mm-hmm. it's, it, it could also just be read as they're trying to be really thorough. They need to invest, like they need to know everything. I mean, granted, they, they, they do. You're right. Like the more, the more they, they know what he knew, the like to see how valuable, I guess he could be as a witness for them. Right. And if he's immune anyway, then yeah, in theory, it shouldn't matter. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Like I, <laughs> I still think he's so fucking delusional that he thought that he would somehow remain in charge or get to be in charge after all this was over if he won somehow. Like, yeah, man. that does seem to be. He's definitely clinging to this. I mean, well, as for now, yeah, at this stage in the in the game of episode six. But I I think the show has been good about giving a laying out this trail of crumbs about how shit is falling apart and I, I think they're doing a great job of it and I think I think a lesser show would would have him kind of just winning you know they could have taken the tour where he sort of wins immediately and then he spends the season at the top of Waystar Royco and then he sees oh it's not everything it's cracked up to be or, or something and maybe they could make that work but I think this is super interesting that like especially after the high of like the way season two ended to have it be going in this direction where shit Mm -hmm. is just going real bad for him and he doesn't see it. No, he doesn't at all. It's terrible. Um, did you have anything else on this episode before we move Um, on? Hold on. Let me see. Oh, I don't, I think 
that it was Roman that like saw it on a news feed or somebody said something or he got an email, but they found out that their mom was getting remarried. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I think it was someone at that conference who brought it up with him. Mm. You're right. Then somebody came up and asked him about it. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I was happy to, to hear that because I, I knew that that meant that the mother character would come back who <laughs> I find like super hilarious. It's interesting that she's marrying a guy named Peter Munyon. Uh, some of the creators of the show were behind, I, I believe I have this right, uh, behind a TV series, a political satire show called um, The Thick of It. Um, that was also a brilliant, like super funny show. Um, didn't get that much attention here, but there's a character named Peter Mannion oh. on that show that I have to imagine that there's, this is sort of maybe an homage to him. Uh, I guess we'll see, but yeah, the, there's the mom getting married. Uh, I, I, again, like at this point, maybe I felt the writing, like it wasn't supported in the narrative. Like I'm like, okay, they're supposed to be upset about this or Roman is upset and I didn't really get why. Did you ever read on that? What did you think? Um, I think they were more surprised, but not surprised. Um, well, okay. They they were a little upset because it's not the person, the last person that they knew right. that she was seeing. Right. Um, so that was number one. And then I guess it sort of comes out more in um, episode eight, Maybe some of seven, but I think more of eight, where basically, like, Roman's worried about his money. <laughs> right. He's like, hold up. Who is this guy? Like, this actually could have an impact on, on the family trust and my money that's happening. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, without skipping out too much, like, we, we you know, it seems like he thinks that uh, his mom has been digmatized uh, by this yeah. guy. Uh, we'll get into that. Uh, a little bit later, but uh, just happy I can use that term. I've been wanting to use it. Dick, in pod, dick podcast, you've, been, so you've been waiting. Waiting to throw that out. I mean, it definitely wasn't going to come up in any of my trifling and NYC stories. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a chance. You could have like overheard somebody <laughs> say it, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, the the last oh, I forgot the last note I had is that. There's another great scene of Logan's, the ongoing saga of Logan's manipulation of Shiv, where at the very end, he's he wants the family to get a photo oh. with Mencken, mm-hmm. and she's like, she, for, I would say, justifiable reasons, really dislikes this guy, and she's like, absolutely not, I won't, and he's like, come on, come on, come on, and she's like, no, 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 and then he's like, and then she, he's like, well, are you part of this family or not? manipulation point one and then she's like okay but i'm not standing next to him i want to be at the far end of the photo and he's like ah okay you win but him (laughs) saying you win is so fucking key because it's like no of course not he got his way as always and like to give her this little shred of like you know this little bit of crud off the floor like okay you don't have to stand next to him like i don't at some point i was like i wouldn't I half expected him to be like, no, you're going to stand right next to him and put your arm around his shoulder just to really dig it in. But he might have done that to Kendall <laughs> if if the roles had swapped, but not to her because he still kind of needs her. He does, but but you're you're absolutely right. It's just, man, this guy 
like it's always the manipulation and always just that constant threat. Like nobody is safe. Nobody. Yeah. This guy is like, he's just a menace. Speaking of uh, menace, Dennis, the menace, uh, precocious uh, kid type characters who are getting into trouble. Let's segue to episode seven involving Kendall's birthday party. This is uh, as evidenced by the awning on this place. He rented this event space uh, that is now known as the notorious K E N. And he is ready to die. Apparently. This one, What's your overall I took impression? a lot of notes on. This one, I actually, I this I watched this quite recently, and, and I, again, totally went against my ethos of not taking a lot of notes. I took tons of notes on it. So this one was hard not to. There was just too much oh, happening. So much quotables. Ken's outfit. I can't get all the quotables. Some right. they're too fast. They they crack me up. But uh, why don't like, you start? Like. Overall, I'm going to say that – what did I notice, first of all? Well, we did see Ken smoking weed, so we did see him using drugs for the first time. I did think I, – I think he was drinking a beer in one episode, mm-hmm. too. But this one – this episode, he's definitely, um, you know, back to some drug use. Naomi yep. made an appearance. Um, you know – it starts off with positive news for the family. Looks like the DOJ case is gone. I wrote down Can- Tom goes full gorilla. Um, <laughs> he was like a maniac in in Greg's office. Like, what do you do with that after somebody comes in and starts flipping over desks, your computer, like, and then just leaves? Well, as we, happy. as we saw, too, you know? as like, we saw what happens, Greg tries to pull the desk back and oh yeah, that almost lands you know on, on funny? a funny because that's like so so relatable. Like I've had a desk try to pull over one of those dumbass desks by yourself. You got to go to the other side and flip it, and if you go oh. to the side like he did, like it sucks. But it's a little easier for him because he's so tall. I think. That helps, you know. Why? Wait, what? What? How, how? Your desk fell over like that? I don't remember why it was over, but I just remember. I don't remember the exact circumstances, but mm, I do remember okay. having to like flip it back. <laughs> flip it back. I've never. I mean, uh, I've never owned a desk like that or had one in an office. But yeah, now that I, uh, I say that, I can picture like getting like good leverage from that side would be more difficult. Yeah, go around. Right. Um, yeah, I didn't, I said, well, let's see, Tom was still looking at prison stuff before he got the good news, well, which, yeah. makes, which makes sense. I, from the, I did write from the beginning, I think the scene where you're talking about where Kendall was smoking weed, I wrote down that Ken has a bunch of fuck boys around him and he's focused oh, on man. PR. Now, yeah. this, this place that he's in is, it's interesting because I don't know if you've ever, you ever went to, uh, that place. It's called it's been called the Beehive and also the Shawarma. Yeah, I've seen it. That place got shut down recently. So I guess for non-New Yorkers, this is um. There's a big uh, I guess you could call it building, but it's also like a work of art, like architectural design art. It's a really big, um, basically like a circular stairway that sort of looks like a huge beehive, sort of looks like a shawarma meat on a stick. But it was, um, yeah. it was, it's part of the, they've been building up this one neighborhood in New York called Hudson Yards. So it's like sort of a centerpiece of that neighborhood. Uh, now, 
it, it, it has a series of stairs. So people used to be able to just go up, up the stairs and it's, it's like a lot of stairs. You can, there's also elevators, but once you get to the top, there's a great view. I have actually done it. Um, okay. I did it, I think right before COVID hit, uh, in 2020 and the view is great. It is pretty, pretty impressive in person. Um, now they did shut it down just a few months ago because people were jumping off of it and, mm-hmm. uh, in a, well, suicide, successful suicide attempts. We, I, I don't know why I'm going to move off from this, but yes. So it's shut down completely. So I believe, um, in, in they there are some stopgap measures, measures that they try to do to, to prevent it. Anyway, there were a number of them. They shut it down. So Ken's apartment or wherever he is. I don't know if he's renting this space or what, but that balcony looks over onto the beehive. So he's in, like, there's a lot of high rises in that area. He's in one of them because at the very end, it shows him looking down, possibly contemplating suicide. You know, we don't know. I honestly thought and he also, might have. But also the event space where they have this party was on just on the other side of that. So it's in another building that's right next to the beehive as well. Cause you could see that when they were pulling up, when cars are pulling up into the thing. Oh, so, yeah, so right. this whole thing taking place in this area, I don't know if Kendall's got a new apartment. I just thought that was notable. Yes. With Ken's background and stuff like that, yeah, the suicide stuff is sort of in the air, but like the show does just does a great job of, it was only subtly hinted at. So anyway, just want to point mm. that out, but yeah, in in the scene with the fuck boys, like he's on his phone checking, like what what's the read, like what's the PR on my mission or whatever. But which is so telling because, yeah, it's all about how you're perceived. Which I guess if you're doing something like this, that is important. But you got to get pat, you got to be working on big, bigger, better things. Like I it's, exactly that's my problem. He's he's worried about all of this, but come on, man. You get, you got big plans to take over Waystar Royco here, like, and you're worried you're worried about people wearing coats at your birthday party. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he was definitely his priorities. He was definitely way too hands on in the organization of the birthday party as it was going on. It's like you got to leave that up to the people you hire. Up oh, again. You know, leave it up to the people you hired to run the party. Want to listen, all all bangers all the time. <laughs> that was great. That was oh, so great. When he was, yeah, he's like, uh, "Are they playing from the approved playlist?" I thought I said all bangers all time. What the fuck is this? Oh, man. Amateur hour. While while like he was going around dictating to them, asking them these ridiculous questions, all I could think about was like how awful it has to be to be one of these ladies right now working for him, trying to make oh, yeah. you know every wish come true at this terrible ass party. It's like oh man, yeah, what a I mean, job. Well, yeah, let's and let's sit with with Kendall here for a while because you're right. We were you know he had this. He has a meeting with a production stage design stage production designer who is telling the is explaining to him, okay, here's how it's going to work with you being lowered from the ceiling on a winch and in a harness. And uh, so he gives him like a bunch of instructions and then Kendall freaks out and chickens out. But like, the thing is like they, the ladies he told to, I mean, the PR people who I guess were also organizing this and now the stage production designer, they did make it happen for him. And then he just threw it all, all out on a whim, basically. 
Yeah, I'm I'm glad he did, but sort of disappointed that he didn't at the same time. Um, what, do you remember what it was? He was. It, it was okay. on a crucifix. Yeah, he was going to be on the crucifix. There was going to be, I don't remember exactly if music was going to be playing there, but he was going to be singing the Billy Joel song, Honesty, while mm-hmm. on the crucifix. I do know that, um, <laughs> and that man in front of all those people. Could you? Oh my gosh! That's right. The the, the episode starts with him doing an acapella re- rendition of "Honesty," great song. But I mean, it's telling that they weren't able to talk him out of it. I feel like better PR people would be able to talk him out of doing this. Like, mm, okay. Yes. They were, they were happy that he gave up at the last minute, but there is like, you know, presumably money is no object for him to be able to hire whoever. So people at the top tier of any industry can usually turn down work. And if, if like sort of like the lawyer and if you're taking stuff on, where things are just crazy and they're just not listening to you, the really top tiers will just be like, nah, I quit. I don't need this. And they'll be yeah. just fine. So for them to not like, this is so, I mean, this is a, a bit of comedy in, in that the writers wrote in that, that this would be so on a crucifix singing honesty. I mean, <laughs> and and it's, being it's lowered so being lowered putting yourself at personal risk being lowered from the ceiling i i you know what i think it's like apart from the pr people like i think it was a little telling that like even naomi wasn't able to like bring herself to say this is a bad idea i think she asked him several times you sure you want to do this you sure you want to do this you sure you want to do this but she never said this is a bad idea man naomi Naomi has been an angel to this dude this whole season basically the shit that she's put up with particularly in this episode and for her to be so compassionate and like comforting to him when you know he was looking for his children's gift and he couldn't find it and you know she's just like just let's just go home like man that was pretty touching because you know she's with the Pierce family she she definitely has a connection with Kendall because of I guess their their histories in rehab and and stuff like that and you know they've apparently been dating for a while um, or at least since midway through the second season. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like it's, it's probably really tough for him that, you know, everyone around him sees that he's going through this, but because he's so, I mean, he has so much money, so that's why he can have the PR people and the lawyers around him. But he does seem like a good person too, ultimately. And that's why he can have Naomi stay. Um, although I will say that his, his siblings got him where, you know, at the beginning of the party there, he, they were like, Oh, who all's here? And he's like, who isn't here? And they're like, well, your dad, your mom, your wife and your kids oh, or yeah, any friends. That was, that was so good. <laughs> your really dad, did. your mom, your wife and your kids or really, or really any friends. <laughs> Oh man, the timing on that was was excellent too. But I mean, his wife was there, his ex-wife. Oh yeah, Robert did show up, right? That's true. Um, and then no kids, but, were there. but then of course, yeah. I mean, 
even with her, like where she's trying to be chill, like to get your ex-wife to show up at your crazy birthday party. And to, she started off like still like pretty nice. And like, you know what, this is your night. And then he's like, Oh, where's your, where, where's your, where's your guy? <laughs> Does he, is our GI, GI Joe. Do I call him GI Joe? Does is he built like that down there with the genital area? Yeah. And she's, I was like, what is your deal? Why you, can't you just be chill about this? Like she's here. You invited her, I'm assuming, or else she wouldn't be here. Yeah. Um, so why are you being an asshole? I did like when she, I did like the look and the delivery when she was like, Oh, he has genitals. <laughs> Dude, just the delivery was so understated, yeah. but like she's looking him dead in the eyes. That was perfect. Oh man, yeah. this, this freaking party! Slinging this, that this thing party. around. <laughs> I'll stop doing that. Okay. Um, um, Logan was invited, by the way. He didn't. He chose not to go. He was the whole Roy family. He did send a note yeah. through his his emissary. Uh, his uh, which. Yeah, it was interesting. It's an offer to cash out two billion. Wow, that'll do you for. I would have said, "Oh, deal." Where's Logan? I'd have been Let's like, shake part- on it right you now." Would have, you would have been like, "Party's over, everybody!" To, like, put the house lights on. <laughs> yeah, Everyone? I gotta go meet with the bankers. Call up the bankers. I, I gotta get a helicopter. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, this is where another, again, another big, a big crack in his plan and his overall mindset. Yeah. It was showed when he was like, it showed him considering it, you know, when he mentioned it to Naomi and he did this thing of like, yeah, but I'm not going to do it. But she's like, yeah, but, but maybe you could. And he's like, well, yeah, maybe, I, I don't know. I mean, she's been rooting for him to leave since, she got kicked off the yacht and she's like, you can just leave with me oh, right now. That's right. She's like, you can, we can just go, you can just leave right now. That's right. And he didn't leave back then. Like, and now he's got an opportunity to take, take $2 billion and walk away. Yeah. Like, and then do whatever the hell he wants for the rest of his life. Yeah. I mean, this is when, you know, it shows the stress, the stress when, you know, he $2 just billion dollars two billion. It's a lot. It's a lot. A lot of that guapoli. Um, but I mean, if you've been around money for your whole life, I mean, it's that's the thing is you have he's had effectively unlimited money. Like having this is one thing I don't really understand with billionaires. It's like once you have one billion, you can g- make literally anything you want happen in life. That is effectively on the same thing as having unlimited money. So why do you really need more? Now, I do get that once you're set up in a system where, you know, if it's your job, if it's your company you own, to get to one billion, there has to be a machine running that you can't really just stop once you get to one billion. Right. But you could give away the money, and that that does happen. But anyway, that's a separate discussion. Two billion, that's the thing. Two billion for him is like he's he's already effectively had two billion his whole life. Yeah, that's true. I mean... I guess this goes back to like what you know I've thought about during just the whole show in general. Like, with all, is it really worth all this stress? Like, mm-hmm. he could have stepped down at any point. Like, nobody's holding a gun to his head. Could have stepped down. Exactly. Like, <laughs> you're still because you're still human, and like you can still only take so much stress. So, 
I think we should get to we should definitely get to this guy. I believe his name wait, is. Wait, wait a second. Wait, did you oh. write down any of the uh, man? Though the newspaper headlines in the future room were so wonderful. <laughs> they were oh, they were so glorious. Those those headlines. Now this is and something. <laughs> did you write them down? No, I okay. I remember some of them. I, you I remember them the gist. I remember the gist of them. So he had the room where he had, you know, huge. I don't know what, like ten, seven by ten foot, uh, like mock-ups of newspaper headlines of what would happen to the different. Well, his his siblings, and I think the one for Shiv had to do with uh, Tom getting arrested. Yeah. The one for Roman had to do with him dying in some bizarre <laughs> masturbation accident. And the one for Connor <laughs> apparently referenced, it said shitting his bag, it referenced shitting in the bag, which apparently alluded to like some camping trip that he took them on and him shitting in his sleeping bag, presumably. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a double reference because I think the other thing is like him being so old that he might have a colostomy bag. But uh, in any case, like the audacity of doing that was pretty top. I got to give him credit. I'll give him props for that. He should start with a two billion. Start a comedy network. You know, he's good. He's got the goods. He could. Oh yeah, those ones were good. All the rooms were disturbing me, and there was just that one room that was just fire. Oh yeah, that's where he opened up the uh, the envelope with the offer letter in a room that just had screens with fu- big blazing fire running on it. Yeah, man, it's like I wonder if somebody's gonna try to recreate this party in real life. Oh my god! Well, that one dude on YouTube, Mr. Beast, did a full on Squid Game. Did, did you he? see that? No. Yeah, someone Mr. did. This is a YouTube channel, Mr. Beast, who I hadn't heard it before just just does a lot of stunts i guess but he pays people pretty well so he did like a real squid game with 346 people and i think the grand prize is like 346,000 or something and they, yeah they did all of the obviously not lethally but they did they, <laughs> they did all the uh, the events yeah there's like a it's like a 30 minute thing i haven't watched all of it i sort of cl- huh. flipped around in it but yeah, I could totally see someone, uh, maybe Mr. Beast, recreating this party. <laughs> that would be that. Oh man, I gotta go. Fuck. We gotta find a way in. Can I get if maybe it's happening? Can I get funding to do it myself? Hmm. No, maybe. is the answer. Almost certainly not. <laughs> you might if be I, able to. Well, I do know some people, but um, yeah, man. Actually, it seems like it would be kind of like I would love a party like that. You know, the compliment, the compliment hallway. Uh huh. Now. I would feel bad about hiring someone just to have their face like bent Pop over with, with their face popped out of a wall, giving random people compliments. I would feel bad for those actors. So I could probably never do that. Okay. Or, maybe it'd be like somebody could like record them and like motion activated. It, it says oh, it when you okay. walk by See? the speaker Problem or something. Solving. Okay. Well, we're, we're already producing this. So <laughs> let's just work out what the split will be. And then, you know, we can go from there. <laughs> Can't be. I can't do fifty fifties. Just by the way. <laughs> oh dang! <laughs> it's in my contract. I can't. It's in my soul. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Were you saying you wouldn't like a party like this? I feel like I've been to parties like this. I would. No, I would like to go. Let me rephrase that. I feel like w- we have a mutual friend who's been to parties like this. My our Lower East Side dwelling friend. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Because he tells for me stories, some stories sure. about these crazy ass parties he goes to that he just kind of stumbles into. I would, I would absolutely <laughs> love to go to a party like this. It's so much fun. Yeah, gotta take your coat off though. It's mandatory coat check. Man, man, that was so. Why like do you such think an unnecessary but good conflict with? <laughs> do you think that's just them? a writer? Like that could be a great writerly thing. But also, it could be a thing where that actor had some issue, where that he they wanted to cover it up, and then I was just, I was thinking about like the episodes of Seinfeld where Julia Louis Dreyfus was clearly pregnant, and so they would have mm-hmm. her wear big coats or shoot her differently. Um, I'm not saying I think that guy is pregnant, but there was some issue with his arm. It seems to be resolved in the next episode, so I don't know. Yeah, that was, was weird. Resolved pretty quickly. Um... Yeah, that was weird. And then, you know, Connor's the type of push type of person who if you keep insisting, he's just gonna dig in. Yeah, so absolutely. He, he was definitely not taking that coat off after the first two times he said no. I did I will I will say one place where the PR person shined and, and also what is her is her name Comfrey? Yeah, which I never on Comfrey. That's I hope that's her last name. I don't know why. And I only know that because, well, we'll get to Cousin Greg hitting on her, but uh, I did like her method of trying to get him off, to take it off, where it's like, you know, you get more flies with honey than vinegar. So she's like, Mm -hmm. we're offering our premiere guests this complimentary uh, cashmere sweater. Normally that would like play right to his ego. Like, oh yeah? Yeah. I am a premiere guest. It's brilliant. (laughs) I think she might have even said premiere VIPs or something. (laughs) But then I was like, well, a sweater, obviously he's not going to be able to put that on over his arm cast I, situation. I that too. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. He really just needed like a, never mind, no. I was going to say like a blanket or a poncho, but that's just a coat. Maybe yeah. I still have just a coat on, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, at that point I was like, well, why does it matter to Kendall so much that he take it off? I, I get that he said it's harshing the vibe or whatever like that, but. Come on. <laughs> Everyone else is fine. No one's going to care. It's not like someone's going to be like, well, why? Wait a minute. Why, why is this guy wearing a coat? Well, you know, it is cold now that I, see, <laughs> now that I see this, I do feel cold because <laughs> we all know sight is linked to yeah, tactile like, feedback. That guy's cold. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe I should be cold too. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should be cold. <laughs> again then the guy's girlfriend is like see i told you you were cold i've been cold this whole time why don't you listen to me? <laughs> oh, oh man. man yeah so we got that but we should we do need to get to uh this dude. okay yeah yeah what is his name look matness lucas Ma- matness Ma- Magnus? i thought it was matt matt matson matson yes matson we'll just call him matson uh, yeah, and that is played by the very tall, but for whatever reason concealing his height in this uh, episode, Stellan Skarsgård. Because I, you know, I've been there as someone who's maybe not as tall as he wishes he was. <laughs> oh, uh, no, I'm plenty tall. It's all good. Um, it was interesting to me that I mean, with Adrian Brody, you know, there are a number of long shots of him. We could see his height. Skellen, like when we introduced to him, he's sort of crumpled up. He's on a, a seat, sort of like with his legs pulled up, 
sort of hunched over a little bit. But we see him in epi- episode eight when Roman meets up with him. He's again hunched over. He is hunched over. I'm but like, why next is to this Roman, guy... he's still a giant? Oh, absolutely. I'm like, this is a weird character note, and I'm sure it's intentional because this guy is a great actor, great directing. But yeah, and he does not walk around like that every other time I've seen him. Oh, he damn sure he can't be walking like that. So anyway, that's just a note I met. I I um I noticed. Uh, I think I asked you the other day, who is this? Probably a riff on like who who's the real life person? It wasn't clear after episode seven. It's very clear after episode eight. Uh, who he is meant to sort of be uh, uh, inspired by, I will say. Think he's him. <laughs> he's got that musk, definitely. <laughs> certain whiff, whiff. There's a whiff or a musk around him. <laughs> we can leave it at that. Uh, but yeah, like uh, one of the interesting things I heard, I, I forget if you if you said this or someone else I was talking to, but like. Uh, yeah, it's like he invented one thing and he's been coasting on that for a while. And I think the person I was talking to said that they, that reminded them of the founder of Snapchat, who hasn't really done anything else. I mean, Musk oh. has PayPal, but Tesla is also huge. So, Yeah, all that space delivery for everywhere else is huge, too. Yeah. Wait, space delivery? Yeah, like his SpaceX like delivers supplies for NASA and like delivers supplies to the international space station. Really? Yeah. Oh, I hadn't, I thought, okay. Wow. Okay. That shows my ignorance. I would thought SpaceX SpaceX was just about, (laughs) well, I know it's real, but I thought it was just about private space travel. Me me too. I, I didn't realize it until recently. I started watching some that like, when they went, they made that documentary about themselves. And then I watched a couple episodes of that. And then I looked into it. And yeah, they make like regular deliveries oh, wow. to the International Space Station. I guess it makes sense to contract it out for that. If they're, if they're willing to do that for their own reasons, spend their own private mm-hmm. money on it. Interesting. Okay. Well, fair enough. Um, but I mean, you know, well, we'll just say that the, the stuff in episode eight made it even more clear. And we'll get to that. Yeah, but- yeah definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, my read on, on this guy, like just from the start, my read was this guy is not, not fucking with Roy star, way star Royco. He feels, an, it seemed like he was annoyed about dealing with Kendall and mm-hmm. Roman. I, I don't know. What's your take on him? He seemed annoyed. I don't, I, I don't know. He's the type of person. Actually, actually keep, that, keep talking. I'll be right back. Yeah. He's the going. type of person that, you know. I guess gets invited to places, but then as soon as they show up, you're like, um, why did I actually invite this person? Because they're not really interacting with anybody. They're not like fun to be around as it seems. I mean, Roman came up and had some fun with him, but, um, yeah, he was just sitting, sitting in the treehouse in the dark on his phone, playing games. Like each time that one of the, um, Roy brothers approached him first with Ken. He was just sitting there, not doing anything, saying that he needed three things, pasta, pussy, and man, now I forget the third P, but there were three Ps. And then, you know, he sort of hung out for a while with him, but and hooked him up with some drugs, his drug dealer. And then the next time we see him, he's by himself again, still in the treehouse, playing 
games on his phone and then Roman comes up to him and then wants to talk his, his business talk. Yeah. But he doesn't seem like a very fun person to be around, but yeah. he's the type of person that gets invited to all these parties, even though it's like, why are you even here? People just, you know, I don't yeah. know. He's, I didn't, I didn't like him. I mean, was, I actually, I, I, he was very off putting in that first in episode seven, I was like, "Ugh, I, like, I don't like this guy one bit." He def- did seem like um, a bit of a dick. I guess I was a little confused as to why Kendall would like what Kendall's goal is in having him there. Because I mean, unless it's like Kendall thinks he's going to be in charge of Waystar at some point, and he, you know, wants to deal with him, or he, or he wants to put sabotage any potential deal that Roman might broker with him. I mean, he was pretty aggressive in trying to keep Shiv and Roman away from him. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Once he found out that they were trying to to locate him, then he got hyper aggressive. I think that he wasn't actually trying to do anything with him. It was just part of his invite all these A listers plan and uh, like put it in the paper and be like, oh yeah, look at all these top notch celebrities and you know rich people that were at my party. Yeah, I mean it. I think he was, I mean, Kendall was kind of upset once he realized that, the, I, I don't know if he thought they were just there for him. That seems pretty naive. But once he realized that they wanted to meet up with him, he you was think really that upset. Is naive? I, I mean, I do guess. Think, I mean, I, granted, yes, they do have a pretty tortured relationship. And, you know, one point I was going to get to, like, all the insults and everything. It's crazy to me how they kind of bounce off each other and how like, I mean, maybe in the writing, they're just, they're amping it up a lot more. It feels like, but like, God damn, it's constant insults. And it's like, when you say, when he says to to Roman, like, you're not a person, you're not a person. I mean, after receiving a lot of insults from, from Roman, it's like, what is this world they're in? Like, how did they grow up where it's like, it's like, it's weird because those are like devastating things to say to a family member that um, you could never come back from. I think in most cases, but with these people, it's like, it's, it's just viewed. It's not really that it's viewed as a joke. It's just review, viewed as almost like a negotiation tactic. Or, or Yeah. They were going pretty hard at each other. To get leverage. Like, but yeah, I, I don't know. That's I, yeah, I guess it all goes back to Logan, you know, like that's, they are all vying to be number one, get the number one affection from Logan. And in reality, he's not going to give it to anybody. Oh, yeah. No. And, and you know, th- this episode in episode eight had me thinking about what Logan's childhood must have been like. And uh, the, he alluded to it in that in one episode where they go back to his hometown in Scotland. Um, seems like, you know, he traveled around between Scotland and Canada and England probably. Uh, so there's that they were very poor. So, you know, there's usually a lot of stuff that comes with that. Mm -hmm. Um, couple that with how much of a hard ass you have to be to be successful in, well, we'll say American business in the seventies and eighties, which it seems like he probably was, uh, put all that together but but still it's just like the constant verbal abuse is like that's even amongst successful family that that seems over the top and it's i i don't know like that they are so 
um, immune to it is kind of, it, I, that's maybe the one thing that kind of sickens me the most about these, these characters is that I get people say things when they're angry at people they care about, but like that they're all kind of immune to it is the thing that's maybe most disgusting to me that it doesn't break. There's nothing you can say to break through. Yeah, there, there isn't really, I mean, I'm trying to think of an example. I think in the moment it's sort of, maybe it doesn't happen in the moment. Maybe it happens after, but they do have a reaction and some of it is lasting between them, but not really. Like the only person you're right that does seem to have any like real lasting impact is when Logan says harsh things or says, Mm. or says even when he says the rare, like, affectionate loving thing which now that i said that i can't even think of when he said it but like that's you you win that you win of, pinky yeah maybe that that pinky when he yeah, pinky, when he brings yeah. out that pinky mm. oh, she loses it she's like okay whatever takes her not. right back to any <laughs> i know she's flashing back to what it may be the, the handful of good moments she had with him as a kid yeah yeah you're right they are just like so aggressive and harsh to each other but like if yeah i mean if anybody would understand what they went through it's them and they should you know bring them closer but they just go at each other's necks yeah well that's i mean that's logan's divide and concert strategy but but getting back to uh what is it is matson yeah matson you know the, the key thing he in his negotiations with roman here is like when is your dad gonna die <laughs> And well, you can see Roman's reaction is that he's like, he's definitely hurt by it. He's like, he wants to say, fuck you, dude, but he doesn't because he realizes how important this acquisition would be. And it, I don't know, Stellan Skarsgård plays this pretty well because it doesn't really seem like he's aggressively toying with him or trying to be malicious, really. He's just sort of casually malicious. Yeah, because he views very, it as just a business thing. I don't know. What did you think yeah. about him asking that? I think so. It was just very straightforward. It's the question that everyone's been wanting to know. Like, it's a matter of, like, I don't think anyone has asked when he's going to die. But people have, you know, his health has been in question since season one. Um, yes. So it's like the two questions, right? Of when is he going to step down and when is he going to die? Because even if he steps down, like he's still going to be yeah. a sh- shadow leader there. Um, so yeah, he's basically got to be dead. And this this guy Matson wants nothing to do with him. He's like, I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to deal with him. Like if that it, is, if, if <laughs> that is something. It's an interesting conceit that the show addresses. I mean, it's it's right there in the name. But you know, yeah, okay, him stepping down, Kendall taking charge. Everyone knows he's still going to be some kind of influence, but then when he dies, is what he created in terms of the machine and like, or call it call it an algorithm behind Waystar Royco, how that probably has his DNA in it, and how does that continue on? And and it probably does. Like even in death, like it's these systems and people he's hired that keep him going even after death, I, I think, unless you totally, like Kendall takes over, totally cleans house. 
but there's going to be, there would be fights around that. I, I don't, it's just an interesting thing, like success, the succession of, a, and how a company or any entity, I mean, you could call it, you know, if we go back a thousand years, we'd be talking about a monarchy in a, in a family mm-hmm. or a noble family. And how does that continue on? How, Cause people in people like this are very concerned about their legacy, you know? Yeah. For, for him, I, I don't, you know, I think that he is, somewhat a victim of his own success and his own you know he is just burying himself you know he has not given except maybe kendall kind of but he hasn't even given anybody to like the real opportunity to step in and to kind of learn to do what he does like roman sort of but like he's got roman so screwed up in the head roman like if daddy wasn't around i don't know what roman would do yeah. Like, who would he want to please then at that point? Like, I yeah. Don't know. Like, Roman. He hasn't. Yeah. Roman is oh. like, well, to go back to a Heath Ledger Joker reference, he's yeah. like a dog chasing a car. He did, once he got, gets it, he's, what would he do with it? <laughs> and I did, I did mangle that sort of like the Joker's face has got, is mangled. Uh, so that worked. Okay. Okay. All right. I circled All back right, there, but yeah, it's, it, it, the, this season is also. Th- shown like how enthrall uh, Roman is to his dad and like he, he you know you see him he is moving up in his his father's estimation that's clear uh, and you see how much just a little dose of that makes him crave it more um, and it's interesting you know he's cut off relationships too and it seems like probably because of his focus on the company um, yeah, I don't know I, I just don't think Logan has there's not gonna. I don't know who he would choose. Nobody. Nobody. I mean, they can even said it in episode eight. He's like, "You do a lot of things that I can do," and that was like understatement of the show. But like, yeah, he's gonna. <laughs> like nobody can do it. Like Logan can. Logan's do it right gonna now. figure out how to transport his consciousness into an AI and then have that run Waystar Royco in, in perpetuity. I think. I think that's coming. That would actually be, yeah. That's Matson's gonna Matson. figure out a way to transfer it. Well, <laughs> you know, Musk Matson, if anyone can figure it out. So why don't we segue <laughs> right into episode eight? Get to the real meat. Now, this I I texted you this before. This is this is a masterclass episode that you know I I've, I've been waiting for this season for one of these to come around. Um. In, just in terms of how much ground is covered, the emotional beats, the acting, um, you know, the, the, like I had two moments where I was like, I literally said out loud, Whoa, I was transfixed to the screen. I could not mm. take my eyes off. I'm talking specifically about, uh, the dinner between Kendall and Roy. And then also the, once again, you know, a very intimate moment with Tom and Shiv, uh, as we so saw in season one and season two, we had those moments where I was like, holy fuck. But um, yeah, I don't know. This, this starts out actually, no, pretty much mostly transpires at their mom's wedding to Peter Munyon, the onion, uh, who they view as a gra- uh, I don't know, grasper um, start, not star fucker. What's it called? Oh my what? God. There's a really obvious word for, um, when it's clear that someone is just using someone for gold digger. Yes, yeah. I was trying to think, what What did you call it? A grasper? I think I called it grasper, yeah. Huh. 
overachiever. I don't know. They do they do highlight that he's like, oh, he got a scholarship, so to private. To I, mean, like, I know Roman's like, oh yeah, mom's upset. He was smart enough and worked hard enough to get a scholarship. Yeah. And like, like Shiv is like, mom wants us to be upset that he got a scholarship. Like, how demented are these fucking people? Good lord. I, know. I mean, we'll get to the mom yeah. later, but like, yeah, every I mean, all bangers. Talk about all bangers. Every scene in this was, was a fucking banger, and it was, and all they were on the approved list all the time. Oh, all killer man. no filler man <laughs> but uh yeah why don't you uh also uh, just to segue into our, our or to continue the segue about our mudson fuck matson <laughs> mudson magnuson whatever is that his name magnuson magnuson mudson magnuson yes. matson magnuson matson i think it's lucas matson actually but i think it was right. yeah that but right. they said something in the beginning as it because he started off like tweeting something weird when they were supposed to be meeting, and someone said, "What's what about you know what's going to happen when he's microdosing and tweeting about angels?" Which yeah. I think is a v- almost exact reference to uh, to Mr. Musk. Um, so yeah, I mean they leaned in hard to that, where maybe with Adrian Brody's character, they're a little more subtle about who he's supposed to be a reference to in real life. Maybe, maybe no one. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe not. I wonder if he's gonna come back in like this, this acquisition so. battle. I hope so because he didn't do much. He, yeah, he didn't. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Overall thoughts on uh, overall uh, this initial was notes. One of my favorites of the season so far. I thought it was telling that Shiv did not show up to the board of directors meeting. Called in. Why do you think that was? Um she was still mad I think she was still mad that they were doing all this without her that yeah. it was Roman and Logan together on the Matson thing Roman and Logan made the offer to um to Ken and she's still just pissed off probably still pissed off about the Menken thing too I mean that's my assumption but I, I, I don't know for sure they didn't really go into it but she just wasn't in the mood I did and they said you know over the phone and then when when Frank said that Kendall wasn't attending because of illness, Kendall just says, that's not true. <laughs> that was it. I was like, oh my gosh. Kendall. That was hilarious. I mean, look, I've done a number of these types of conference calls. You know when someone's on the line, or you should, or there should be an assistant in the room who makes it clear. Like, for Frank to not know that Kendall was on... Um, I don't know if it's just like grand, grandpa got into the horse radish again. And he's, <laughs> oh uh, man, that was, that was so good. says that's not true. But then he had to recuse himself. Yeah, and then Logan's just, man, it started off so hot fire. Just <laughs> that initial, like three minutes. This is all like the first three minutes, yeah. right? And then Logan's just like staring at them from outside. <laughs> that was, it was all some classic succession mirth making. I think we could agree on that um <laughs> oh, but man. yeah so they had this thing about the purchase of gojo which apparently is i guess just a streaming service but a streaming service that's been pretty successful i guess this it, this reminded me because they mentioned that the streaming services deals with um some asian sports leagues asian and sports, betting yeah. it reminded me i i don't know if you're familiar with fubo tv um, I've seen it. I don't know much about it. So I've I, seen I it on the internet. It's a Europe, maybe even South American based football, or sorry, uh, 
TV streaming service that I think I want to say started with getting licensing rights to, to air sports, which are, from what I understand, probably the most valuable licensing rights to get these days, just because they're the only thing that people tune in live, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that Game of Thrones is off the air, it was Game of Thrones and this, and sports. And now I get well, I guess we'll have to wait till the next Game of Thrones spinoff series starts. But are you looking forward to that, by the way? I am. I really am. Why? Because I tell you what, I tried to watch this Wheel of Time and <laughs> it's this it's not it. It's not it's not it, man. It's not it. It's not it. Why, Sorry, why Mr. Is, Bezos. Why isn't it it? <laughs> oh man, the effects Mm. Are not as good. I don't know how this costs them so much money because it doesn't look that sweet. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't. Like there are some actually there's some really nice shots, like some beautiful landscapes and like like wide angle things. Yeah, it's not gonna uh, cut everything. It. Everything else is just like, what is this? Like it's it's not. It's too shiny right now. You know, Game of Thrones had that grit and that mud. Mm, mm-hmm. Like when you you like really felt like oh yeah this is dirty these are, are dirty people. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean I think in our reviews yeah one of the things I I hit on a lot was how bad it probably smelled back then. Yeah, but this one it wasn't like like I don't know and it I is, tried to watch another episode and I couldn't do it. Like, it is I a little to too clean. It. There's a lot of CGI, Way too clean. a lot of mm-hmm. green screen. That, Wait, that so you've been watching? Uh. I saw one episode, sort of half paying attention to it. Yeah, uh, did not like it. Uh, no. So yeah, no, no more for me. Thanks. Yeah, I'm I'm out. But yeah, people are looking forward. I just want some more Game of Thrones. I'll watch it. Sure, why not? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, until then, it'll be Gojo and Fubo for for you and me. <laughs> but uh yeah so it's it's interesting that yeah this like the the parallels that they that they draw to real life but then also kind of make their own like mm-hmm. that there's just this sort of standalone streaming service that is so valuable um you know because they combine elements from here and there you know and in, in an interesting way that makes it feel believable but yeah so they're struggling to to purchase this because this uh, this Magnus Magnuson dude is pretty uh, mercurial, and he he sent a tweet. So he sent a tweet with three emojis. It was the video game. What was the video game then a thumbs up, and then a eggplant? Uh, or was it fingers crossed? No, fingers crossed. Okay, I thought it was. What do you? I thought it was what video, is the... video game controller? Fingers crossed. Eggplant. Now li- eggplant. you're. You're a little yeah. younger than me, so so maybe you know <laughs> what this means. <laughs> this emoji I guess it's speak. like good luck and and some kind of game, but I don't know where the eggplant came from because I'm I, you know, from my experience now, I'm not one of the young people, but mm. I feel like the eggplant often has to do with a penis and sex. Oh my god! Here so, we go. Here we go. I don't know what so that comes he, to gaming. He got the gaming world digmatized. Is that what he's saying? Uh, <laughs> Maybe he's hoping he has. He's hoping. Yeah, he thinks he has. Fingers crossed. If, <laughs> if the deal, if the deal with Mister Takahashi goes through, then he's <laughs> got the he's got the whole world digmatized. <laughs> okay cool yeah well and then i mean that's cool it is nice to get a a little spin on like or just to again to show like the limitations of waystar royco's power where they can't just 
throw a bunch of money at this dude. It's clear. It must be clear to him that they need him more than he needs them. Yeah. So, I mean, this is something we saw in, again, episode one, season one, is when Kendall's trying to buy that one company and it's like they have to start throwing stupid money at, at them so that they can't turn them down. Well, I don't know that Waystar is in that position anymore. Yeah, they're not in that position. And this is the type of guy that's like, I don't know if he'll go for that. Like, it, it's it's almost like, well, no, now they want me too much. So I don't yep. know if I really want to be with them. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I've been there. The MGMT story has something to do with that. So, yeah. again, another teaser. <laughs> going to be a delicate dance over here. It is, but, Let's you know, I, if I'm in Magnuson's position, yeah, I am going to make them go through that. Now, he was doing the tweets to juice the stock price just probably for his own benefit. He doesn't. He could go either way. Um, but like the way he's taught, he was talking to Roman where he's like, oh, I'm really into equality. Instead of just saying, I want an equal merger and being clear, like that's, that's pretty that, unprofessional. That was, that was weird to me. Very weird. Him talking in metaphors and stuff and like being like, what are your biggest failures? And all this, like gamesmanship, like just trying to fuck with his head made me dislike him more, certainly, but mm-hmm. also made me question like, okay, what's the level of reality here? Is the, is the show going overboard with this? I don't What do you think about all that? That's a good question. Is it going overboard? I, I don't know. I don't know any these people personally like that, but I could, I could see that happening. I mean people talking in metaphors a lot. I guess generally that. we see it more so with much. like politicians, you know, saying mm. stuff like this, but, but yeah, like I, I don't like it a lot. Like it's, it was like really enlightening for me because they were saying all this and I was watching it and I was like sort of annoyed at the, at the whole thing that Roman had to go there and like talk to this guy and do all that. But yeah, when Roman's like, oh yeah, he wants an equal merger. I was like, what the fuck? I didn't get that from that conversation. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> were they just having a completely different conversation than the one I watched? I was like, oh, okay. So now I got like, you know, change how, I, how I'm how i thinking. To try and figure out how to communicate with this guy on the show, you know? So, yeah. yeah. I it mean, was, it was in episode seven, Roman did say like, look, if you have hesitancy about dealing with my dad we could structure something so that you literally never have to. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm the point of contact. And Roman has said several times, like I speak this guy's language. Cause I'm in, you know, I'm, I'm that, I'm that gully basically. Basically. But yeah, because if Logan was there, he would have been cut the shit. Do you want this or not? <laughs> yeah. F- fuck off. And that's more my, sp- <laughs> Oh, I'm sure he'd work a fuck off in there probably more than once. But uh, and that's more my speed too, and just in dealing with with, with business. And but Roman's right; there is this dance sometimes that that you got to do if you wanna if you wanna get what you want ultimately. And I, I again just did the uh, the Roman squint as I said that. But let's let's get let's get back to the to the wedding because that was that was the main chorus and. You know, again, I one of the notes I wrote down was just endless insults that ping off. Um, this is also the first mention of the kid who died uh, in the incident. Oh yeah, and uh, uh, Comf- Comfrey, 
None. Oh yeah, what's come from? When she's like, bringing right? up, hey, there's a podcast that's doing a deep dive on your family, and there's something about the kid who died, and I don't know, and and then you know, Kendall really perks up, and you know, look, if we jump ahead to the to the dinner, that had to inform him wanting to just get out. Because he's like, if people are digging in on this, if I have to deal with this, even if I am able to brush it off again, like the stress level, like the, I think that, I think that was the moment when he decided, well, to give up, to give up. I mean, I don't know how else you frame it. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Cause he was, yeah, it was definitely the kid. And they said something else that like made me perk up a little bit too, but whatever. But yeah, I I think so. You're right. When they're like, oh man, these people are going to be digging, digging. I'm still around and they're going to try to be in charge. But if they're digging, what if they come up with something? It's like, let me just, maybe it is time to just get out. And yeah. then he tries. And then I didn't really understand Logan's, like I did well, let's, get. Let's save, let's save yeah. that dinner. Okay. For, we'll, for save, we'll save, we'll <clears throat> save for the, for the but main Ken event. Ken did show up with a shaved head. Yeah, I was again. I was wondering. I think about this probably too much from a production angle, but I'm like, I wonder if he had to shave his head for another role or something, or it's just like, I mean, I believe I've heard that in you know mental health stuff and um, research and and stuff. So something that comes up every now and then is people shaving their head as a way of sort of like stress release is actually yeah. sort of common uh, in people who are dealing with uh, intense mental health issues. So I could see it going either production thing that that actor had to do that for a role or them trying to signify because, for, because for an actor to do that, I mean, it, it can be limiting. And, and in fact, like we saw with justice league where they had to remove that dude's mustache, um, you know, film companies take this very seriously. So <clears throat> anyway, oh, I, I read it more as a signal of his uh, his stress level, basically that he just okay. did that. All right. I mean, he didn't have that much hair to begin with, so it, no, he kept, he kept it pretty close cropped. Uh, but yeah, so we have that. We have Connor, uh, where he's concerned about someone doing a deep dive into his background, mm-hmm. specifically with his uh, paramour. Uh, Willa and it was interesting that a when 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 he's like yeah journalists are going to be looking into this and she's like yeah journalists are usually pretty friendly to me now I don't actually know if she said to me but she did say journalists are usually pretty friendly the implication being that it's in her experience uh, journalists have been friendly to her <laughs> for I don't know we'll say reasons but then also when when he right before he proposes to her and he's like, look, I have to prepare for what they're going to people digging dirt when I become president. And her expectation is that, OK, that means that we have to break up. I don't want to cut things off completely. So she suggests, well, we can just go underground again, see each other right. on the low. <laughs> like her readiness to do that is also very telling. And to be explicit, instead of talking about metaphors, uh, yeah, she still wants to, like, she's a hoe. Sorry, no, I'm not going to do that. She, mm. she was probably a sex worker when they got started. Um, she's okay with going back to a more traditional sex worker uh, John relationship. Yeah, instead of the, right. Now but her level of comfort. exclusive. Her level of comfort with that and her hesitation to marry him 
was I think really telling and I think really well acted on her part. Like we haven't, she hasn't given, been given a lot of juicy stuff to like really act. And that proposal thing, I think she did a great job. Yeah. That was a tense scene. I didn't know what Connor was going to say. I, I, I knew it was just two options, right? Either he's like, yeah, I'm going to put you on a plane right now and this is done right. or like what he did, which is <laughs> what you marry me, Connor. and then her like man she gave the most um i love you but i'm not in love with you type type answer to Uh him uh oh my god the cringe man but the cringe i wrote down speaking of cringe i wrote down here in my little notepad greg on a cringe million um cringe million he's on a cringe hundred thousand million trillion i don't know i was referencing the kanye lyric but didn't succeed when he tried to (laughs) when he tried to hit on um that heiress oh yeah and he's like because he's all that the time because he's yeah he's so cocky just based on this one conversation that he had with shiv and tom about well now you're fucking this hot chick who's out of your league so other women are going to see you and they're, they will then be in your league, which is that true? I don't know. Maybe probably. I mean, I think Shiv made a good point. I, I think it, it floats. Um, but for I'll him to just, it. you know, hear that message immediately, believe it and then fuck it up uh, in That's probably the worst way. Rig. That is classic, classic with a K and a C, a K, but not where you think the K is at the end. See still where it normally is at the beginning. I'll Wait, stop. What? Let's just spell classic the normal way. It is classic <laughs> okay. cousin Greg behavior. Cousin is with a K though. Um, <laughs> oh man! But a silent K, and not where you think. Uh, but yeah, no, just no. a little. This is a little Greg moment that you know. There's not that much of him in this episode, but but it was clear. But but let's get. Yeah, to- we didn't get a lot of Greg. Uh, let's he hasn't been to... that great recently, to be honest. But let me so let oh. me set out set out a little schedule here. Why don't we do okay? <laughs> why don't we do the mom and her her new hubby? Well, then why don't we do Shiv and Tom, and then we'll do uh, Kendall and Logan. Uh, deal. Okay. So what you got on what you got on this dude that got got the mom dickmatized? I, just, I don't have much on him. He just looks like a fun-loving guy who is pretty unsuccessful, tries a lot of stuff, fails a lot, looking uh, you know, looking for a lifeboat right now. He found mm-hmm. one. <laughs> He's going to ride this out and try to get some government con- contacts and contracts and <laughs> work Logan for what he's got. Yeah, he, he just, you know. He's pretty audacious. He's trying to move on up. Yeah. He's pretty audacious about it. And it, seem, it seems clear that she's attracted to that. And I, yeah, for her, like, because they're like, look, he, she broke up with Rory. I guess the guy she was with before, but it's only five months ago and now she's already getting married and she says it's because he's, he pushed it. So Mm. it opens up a window into her, her mindset. And like, I I don't know if she's just, you know, feeling like I'm getting older, but she seems like the type who's probably pretty okay with being independent, but maybe not. I thought she was, maybe, you know, some guy, some guy slanging that thing around comes through, Dickmatizes her, and then uh, she. <laughs> I have to stop. Man, that. these these effects. 
um, yeah, you know, look, no one has an answer to, to love. Uh, no one's figured it out. People have been trying to figure out love, attraction for all of human history. Shakespeare came pretty close. Maybe. Did he? I don't know. But no one's figured it out. So, yeah, okay. Look, she likes this guy enough to marry him. Um, yeah, I don't have a read on him other than a, a grasper, as we said. Uh, her her conversation with Shiv about it was one of the most awful things I've ever seen on, on the screen yeah. in terms of a mother blaming a child. Like, when you were – she's like – you know, you were a terrible child. You picked your dad over me. I was so lonely at you. The only reason I cry. And she's like, well, mom, I was 10. And she's like, oh no, you were 13. So you knew what you were doing. Like, God damn. The victim blaming there is from her is so completely unacceptable. Yeah, it it really is. But then it just, you know, it it further shows how, uh, how messed up their heads are at this point. Like that's what they grew up with. The, Imagine they had both of them together for oh, 13 God. years. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. So <laughs> the influence of both the, her and Logan for 13 years. Man. Yeah. Stress like level. a house of terrors in there. <laughs> you, walk, you walk down the hall. You got your brothers sticking your other brother into a dog cage. Making him say, I like this. I like this. This is what I like as he's in a dog cage. I don't know. I mean, as as we've seen, like I think it's been more evident in this season than previous seasons. Like Connor was their big brother, and like surrogate dad. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's directly referenced when he says, "I took you guys out for a, a yeah. camping trip because Dad wouldn't." <laughs> yeah, like, and then when Ro- Roman was talking about that fishing story, he's like, "Logan's like, I don't remember that." He's like, "Yeah, because Connor took us. You weren't there, so I just oh, you're right. You for Connor, you're right." <laughs> Yeah, man. Con- yeah, it's interesting that Connor is so chill and actually pretty nice and affable. Mm-hmm. I guess he must have <laughs> he must have been raised by his mom. I guess so. Logan's first wife, and who must be probably a way <laughs> like a normal, loving caregiver. I have to assume. I mean, she. Well, I don't know because then you know there's all those allusions to her like kind of losing her mind and, and going into an institution. Yeah, I mean, I could see Logan driving her to that with how, how difficult he probably made that divorce. That's true. Those goons after you all day long. The goon too. squad on you, yeah. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so we have that. Uh, I don't know, anything more on the mom? Um, I mean, she's they're going back and forth. Like her and Shiv is very interesting to watch. Just their interactions. Like I don't know. Like I, I sort of they're very like that scene with them smoking together. Like made me see the similarities between the two of them. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. They're they're actually like Shiv is a kind of heading down this path. I was like, I hope not. Yeah, I guess you can see like the the. Again, the constant one-umpsmanship, the constant insults that just escalate to the point where they're so immune to it, where it's like nothing I say matters. It doesn't matter. I could say the worst things to you, and that's a good segue through to the Shiv and Tom segment, where Shiv is turned on by the thought of taking, like, yes. And and this is miscommunication between the two as they're about to start fucking, but... 
yeah, she's like her Shiv's thing is, yeah, oh right, we're we're being hot. We're saying the worst things we can to each other. Where Tom is just like, uh, I just wanted a little dirty talk. You know, and, and like she's she like, and like that. she came in mile an hour fastball. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, she came in with that, yeah, that heat rock. Where it's like, I'm, I'm not good. No, you're not good enough for me, and I don't love you. Yeah. Then now and Tom's now, like, wait like, a second. And then she's we... like, now you go. Now you go. <laughs> say something dirty to me. Like, Couldn't even say anything couldn't even it's just like does she really mean it i don't understand oh, I, I, yes I, absolutely 100 percent. i think she i yeah I, I think you're right and i think like was this this was right uh, this was before the mom no nope, right? it was right after it was because it okay, was like so she was, was like i want to have a kid i do you know what oh, tom yeah, i actually yeah. do want to have a kid right let's, let's get to work on that right now yes, by sexual yes. intercourse okay Try to yeah, make, try to get. Even, me, I I can hear that you will never get me dickmatized. Do you know that? Oh my gosh! <laughs> say something like that. She's so mean. She's like, like when I looked I in mean, my mom's eyes, I saw how dickmatized she was by this motherfucker. And it makes and I was me like Tom will never do that. It made me. It, it turned me on that you won't do that for me ever. I mean, didn't she tell her that – didn't her mom tell her she shouldn't have children? I know she said – her mom said that, like, mom, like, Caroline said, like, I should never have had children. And she's like, you shouldn't have children either. Yeah, I think she, fra- she framed that. it as, like, it's good that you'll never have children. Like, oh, the assumption yeah, was go. that she's already made that decision. Yeah. But for, for Shiv and Tom, you know, like, we kind of forgot – what was that? Season – the end of last season where Tom was her and Tom were on that beach and yeah. Tom was like, I am miserable with you. You make me so unhappy. Yeah. But then they came back and they're still together. Like mm. even though she's been very unsupportive this entire season. Uh well that was and like sorry. Uh but yeah, yeah, I mean I think I think in her trying to like get into dirty talk by sort of degrading him in that way, I think I think on some level he does know that all that's true and look again going to basic psych 101 uh thought follows behavior right so if you do stuff your mind works to sort of justify what you've done even if initially you would have thought that you would never do it your mind kind of tricks you and makes you like it as a way of sort of rationalizing it to yourself like that's real um so for tom to be told like you know, it's not just that last part of season two. It's pretty consistent. But the, yeah. the fact that he's still there, like his brain has to rationalize it. So I could see him being turned on by her, you know, going going into that while she's sitting on his yeah, lap. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think he was turned on. I Like, you saw his face. I think he was more yeah. like, this is hurtful. And then in his mind, like, I guess he's even said it the next day, like, wait, what, are you serious? And man, she was... She was on another level the next day. It was like she was at a press conference. That didn't want to give a straight answer to anything. And I, oh well, yeah, maybe. Ah, uh, I think so. Mm. Yeah, uh, that was some good op- obfuscation that she was doing. Yeah, it was. It was so good. And then, yeah, the whole thing. Like Tom's like, well, if I died, I'd want you to have the babies. What if you died? And she's like, mm. let me get back to you on that. Let me have a think. And you know the 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 note that I if if there's any note that I wrote that that stands out the most to me it's that um, 
these people find it so hard to be honest with each other. Yeah, yeah. Across the board, they they really do, and it leads to a lot of the problems they have. Um, and I get, look, I get being honest with an intimate partner or a family member is often very hard, and and at least in, at least in our culture, uh, or it can be, and it takes a while. But like these are people who've known each other for years. I mean, at least with Tom and Shiv, like like that moment together where, like at least right before. They, she starts destroying him emotionally right before that. She's like, yeah, I want to have a kid together, which is like, he's like, Oh my God. Yeah. You could see him light up. Like, yeah, let's mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. And for true. that to just be crushed, like when she get actually, in my view, gets honest with him. Uh, yeah. And she sees that. And I think you're right. Yeah. The press conference politician um, or, maybe pro football coach <laughs> answers <laughs> that she was given him when on the follow the next morning when, when he's like, yeah. So about that thing where you said, I don't love you. Um, can you clarify that a little bit? Cause it seemed like you thought like, cause my view <laughs> from what you said is that you don't love me. Cause you said that. <laughs> so is that what you meant? <laughs> uh, oh, poor Tom, man. He, yeah, I'm not gonna say he'd be better off in prison, but fuck, he is fucked. He, I mean, he is because he won't leave. Yeah, he won't. He'd be better off, but he's too. He likes that lifestyle. He's very comfortable. Like, what happens to his job at ATN? Yeah. Does he still have a job? Mm-mm. Like, there's so many questions. He doesn't, but with his resume, he'll he'll be fine. Money, money yeah. wise, job wise, because Shiv's not gonna try to ruin him if he divorces her. She'd probably welcome it. In fact. Um, and it, I think it would be as amicable as a Roy divorce could be, but, uh, yeah, he's in too deep. He's, he's stuck. He loves her, I think. Um, yeah, I think, or right. whatever version of, of love this, this Fakakta family engages with, but well, <laughs> that's a good segue to, uh, to the main event. Um, the dinner conversation between Logan and Kendall, which starts off with, Logan maybe trying to see if he like testing yeah, whether or not his testing whether or not his son is poisoning him by having his grandson eat some of the food that was served to him by his son. Yeah. <laughs> when that like yeah. I had to pause it. That's one of the moments where I was like what the fuck? I had to pause it cuz I needed to take this in. I was like yeah. he's not really doing this is he? What's Kendall's response going to be? Is I I was I wouldn't rule out that Kendall might try to poison him. <laughs> See, you're on the same same wavelength as Logan. I was I just like, man, have, have, are they this broken now that Logan thinks that he's really his own son's really going to poison Once him? Once you get into potentially poisoning children, uh, I think yeah, you're too far gone. <laughs> Way too far gone. And I, you know what? I thought they were gone. Like I'm going to back it up a little bit to earlier when mm-hmm. they were still in the garden, and Ken came to try to talk to him, and Roman stepped in the middle, and Logan did that weird like half turn mm. and so he wasn't looking at ken but he was talking to Ro- to ken through roman but not like <laughs> addressing yeah. ken like tell him we're not gonna meet he's not gonna meet you it was yeah. it was so weird <laughs> yeah it's like, usually something you would do when you're over the phone with someone <laughs> yeah not when you're I don't know, six feet apart from each other but it's like i can see you you're right there on the other side 
Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So we we have a, also Kendall's son. I've known. I definitely noticed this before, but it, I guess it was when Logan called out Iverson, "Come over here." Kendall named his son. Yeah, that's your that's your man. That's your man. Fifty grand. Ken. Iverson. I mean, that's Notorious so telling. K-E-N. You know, again, like <laughs> this. That's that's uh, an economy of of storytelling. Like the economics of having this character have his son named Iverson is so. It tells you a lot about Kendall's character and about like his wife and yeah, man, Iverson. Okay. We could do we could do a standalone episode just on the fact that he named his son Iverson. My God, it's, it's ridiculous! It is ridiculous. My God, but yeah, okay. So it starts up there, and essentially the crux of this conversation is that Kendall's finally given up, and he's he's given up. He wants to be bought out, but he still wants to save face by saying, by affirming that he's better than Logan. And Logan's like, well, I think Logan's view is. Well, you're probably a little better, but you knew about all this shit. Also, I helped you kill a guy, mm-hmm. get away with murder. So, why don't yeah, you just you shut your mouth? Him of that. But and, and and Logan's like, look, you know, him reminding him about the boy in that moment because you know, although the audience was reminded of that earlier, Logan wasn't reminded. Like, so that's telling that that's in the back of his mind. He knows he can throw out that trump card whenever he wants to. He, he, that's an acknowledgement that, hey, I haven't used this bit of dirt on you at all, I, so I get credit for that. Um, right. Also, I could use it if I want to, so no, slow your roll. But also, like, yeah, I know I made that offer, but now that you're coming to the table and giving up, eh, I said $2 billion, how about $100 million? Eat shit. You know, like, Logan, that, the, maybe one of the most things I took away from, from that is that... Logan, even though he had just made an offer to buy Kendall out for two bill, couldn't help himself about exploiting this situation for his financial benefit by saying, well, maybe that needs to be renegotiated. Yeah, he couldn't. Because I do still think that he'll let Kendall leave, but for a way lower number, probably. And him being like, well, maybe you can work in the mailroom or something. Like, That's just like, look, you've won. And you still gotta like, but that's the mindset that that uh, look. I, I have a that's pet. his mindset. But see, that's the thing. Nobody else has that, and is that's what's yeah. propelled them to such that's great what heights. It takes. That's what it takes, and I think that's real. And that might be the most depressingly real thing about this show is to get to those heights. Yeah, you do have to be like willing to maybe poison your grandson, and like when your potentially suicidal son is giving in to you completely twisting the knife even more because that, that trans yep, right in the mic. That's good. Uh, <laughs> that translates uh, to, uh, to the business world. I'm sure. Like, cause if he'll do that to his family, what won't he do to, to uh, business partners? And, you know, uh, Magnuson alluded to this as well, that he likes, what did he say? I'll sc- I like squeezing the juice from people once I know their weaknesses or something. Oh yeah. He said something. So I really didn't like that conversation, but yeah, it was pretty extreme. Like squeeze the pulp out of people or something. It's like, like, yeah, I like to get down to the pulp, extra pulp in my orange juice. (laughs) Oh man. You like pulp in your orange juice? Not too much. 
So you go a little bit of pulp, no pulp, some pulp, lots of pulp. They have all these varieties Um, now. I'm aware. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It was was an issue in our household growing up because my brother didn't like the pulp. He said it tickled Mm. his throat. So he didn't want like like the the pulped ones. Um, Oh, shit. Yeah, I'm a fan of pulp. I like it. I'm I'm pretty neutral on the whole thing. Like I just like orange juice. It's it's all, as long as it's not from concentrate. Oh, okay. That's that's, that's your deal breaker. That's where I draw the line. You can't have that concentrate all up in that freeze dried 1950s space space station orange juice. And that canister, you want can't to have it. Slide no, that out. This is taking that me back to my ch- my childhood, man. I like those too. <laughs> those were always kind of fun. Well, like, I you liked, can make like the icy. Yeah, like, I like just eating that. eating the frozen concentrate. I think everybody did when they oh, were little. Man, hell yeah, it's delicious. Licking the pudding spoon. <laughs> it's in the same. It's in the same world. <laughs> the pudding spoon. Um, but yeah, what's what's your overall read? I mean, yeah, I I think I said I kind of ranted for a while there. What, what's your take on overall on this? This, I this mean, this is going to be a keystone was, scene. Yeah, this is a, it was a great scene, but Logan went in like willing to offer nothing. Like you saw it in his mind, his his whole body language. He came in with his team. He brought his own food. Like he had his people there. Like he wasn't going to um, give up a thing, and not not from the beginning. He didn't even take a bite. He didn't eat. They sat. They talked. He left. He doesn't want anything to do with his son. Like I, I felt like the tone was set. From the very beginning, when he was talking through Roman, which was so awkward, but yeah, and he's like, I like his, I like Brian Cox's, um, what do you, what are you calling them? What should I call them? Like, uh, like my these little minute facial movements that he does, like these uh, little reactions yeah. that you see out of his face, like these tiny little smirks and whatnot that you'll see out of him. It's like, huh, like. Yeah, like when when right. he was when um when Ken was like, oh, you, you know, you can do some things better than I can or whatever, and Logan's like, something <laughs> like you could see it on his face. It's like yeah. something, like yeah, because everything he better than you do. Sort of looked off, off to the side, yeah, like roll, yeah, almost his, rolling his, his eyes, little, but not really. <laughs> yeah, all these little micro reactions that he does, mm-hmm. they they are like perfect. Like Brian Cranston is like really great at, at doing Cox. that, and all his. Oh man, I said Cranston, yeah, Cox, and all his little uh huhs, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. I'm just putting like, it together. That's where Kendall got his uh huh, uh huh. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're Logan everywhere. does. Shiv, Shiv does it a little bit too. Like, oh man. Well, that's one of the things. Like when I am joking around with friends, <clears throat> doing uh, yeah, right into the mic, doing uh, my impression <laughs> of Kendall, which I love doing. Yeah, it is a lot of uh huh. Yep. Yeah, uh-huh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I I didn't put it together until just now that Logan does that too. Fuck yeah! Oh my they, god, the show's so good. Yeah, they they're really good with that sort of thing. Um, so I think this is the end of it. I don't know where Kendall goes from here. I don't know where. I I don't. Well, I I'm mean, let's think let's back, talk like, about the last where, scene. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Sadness. Where I mean, my thing was like, yeah. So he sort of passed out on a pool floaty. Uh, he has a beer, beer bottle in his hand. His kids are there. They leave. He draw, he 
drops the beer bottle into the pool and it sort of goes mm-hmm. perfectly vertical. And my thought there was, oh, wow, because it's, it's, shot, it's shot from underneath him. So the camera's in the pool looking up. And I thought the cool thing about that was that, okay, so if the bottle's dropped in der- perfectly vertical, then there is going to be an air pocket in the bottle itself, which I think was, is a clear reference to the air in the car um right you know as the the kid is you know trapped in there and like how long was he alive before he started drowning you know which logan directly referenced in the scene before um yeah but then you know we have only a few seconds of the shot where ken his head is dripping into the water because you see water bubbles coming out of his nose the implication being that he might be sort of drowning right there because he's so drunk. Is that your read on it? Yeah. Or just that he's that, take, taking had, a quick snooze and he'll snap out? Well, yeah. For me, it was it was two things. I was like, wait a second. Is he that? I was trying to figure out when he was, before he dropped it, like, what was he doing? Like, is he, like, passed out, drunk? But he was responsive to Iverson. Right. Um, And then I was like, okay, maybe he did that. And then... And then in my mind, I was thinking that he could just be putting his face in on purpose to, um, hmm. you know, feel what the kid was feeling. Uh, sort of. Yeah. Um, and then the other way, I was like, eh, he maybe he did like pass out because I don't know. Like with Kendall, anything is possible. It, it, this might like, you know, like Logan had mentioned before in their dinner, like this might just be another dumb thing or a mess that Kendall got into that Logan has to get him out of again. Like, Meaning him like trying to kind of almost ru- tr- write almost in on a white or something. Oh, like, well, yeah. So Logan references like, look, I clean up your mess. You've made a mess now again with this, you know, big, you know, caping white knight act that you have. And oh, now, yeah. now you're giving up on that. I'm going to have to clean that up again, but I will. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. His head was sort of tilted so that maybe the bubbles were just coming out of one nostril and he was able to breathe normally in the other. I don't know. I think it was a, just a sort of a subtle film filmmaker type reference to the kid um, in some way or another. Now, do I think it's the next episode is going to start with him being like, oh, fuck, he drowned in the pool? If I had to bet, I'd say no. They're not. If he Me dies, too. they're not going to just have it like that. Yeah, but if they did, oh man, damn! Yeah, show, I, I think you're right. This I show, is, I'd would, be like, God, but... this show will go to a new level of brutality if if they do that. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I I don't know. I I feel like by the end of the wedding, you know, because the wedding hasn't actually happened yet, there's going to be a whole lot more drama, right? Um, but I don't think he's going to die when. But again, anything is possible. I think I think you're right, and I I had forgotten that that he did acknowledge his kid after he, they got up and said, we're going back in. He did sort of grunt, grunt or say, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. So he was awake then. So like, it's not like he's just going to be so drunk that he just passes out 15 seconds later to the point where he drowns while he's on a floaty and his face is just sort of in the pool. Cause you would just, you would snap out of it. That's what I was thinking too. I, I mean, like, people do drown. I mean, people do drown in bathtubs. It happens um, when when they've been, you know, in, intoxicated. But um, 
yeah, to have this show do that, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm on I'm on tenter hooks for next episode. I will finally watch it on time <laughs> when it airs instead of it's it's gonna be so good. I mean, that was just that dinner scene. Yeah, like he actually like Logan did a great job of bringing Kendall back to Earth. He's like, you're not as good as you think you are. He's like, yeah. you knew all this crap that was happening too. It's like you were there. Like everyone has to keep reminding Kendall that he was there. He's like, "Oh, you're just finding out that I was the boogeyman and had to do bad things now to keep to grow this company." You just realize that now. Yeah, exactly. Well, like we were saying earlier, the DOJ reminded him of it. Um, yeah. Part of the reason he probably has an immunity deal uh, is because there's something, and it's like, yeah, like I'm sure his dad is frustrated in that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, really, I really have to remind you this shit again and the kid again, like, because again, he's like, yeah. I'm not the one bringing up the kid, but yo, I have that in my back pocket and I'll probably never do it because you'll fall in line. And, but still like, damn dude. And I think I, I would have to bet that his dad probably views that as like real love. Like this is me showing that I love you cleaning oh, up your messes. You're right. You know, like that's how he shows it. I like, never like keeping Ken think, out of trouble. He's like, yeah. you think my dad would have shown me this kind of love? You know, he would have beat the, shit out of me that was his form of love so compared to that i'm fucking mother Teresa. not i'm having sex with mother Teresa. i mean i'm fucking <laughs> like i'm like mother Teresa. i should have said that <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah so man this episode eight yeah i'm i mean that's for me at least that goes in my pantheon of like i think the uh the penultimate episode of season one where the the kid does get killed. Uh, I think the last episode of season two, um, it's up there for me. So I'm, I believe there are two more episodes, although I feel like I might've seen somewhere that there's only one more, which would be weird. I thought this was a 10. I thought they're all 10. They've right? all been 10. So it, I, it must be that. So, but yeah, anyway, on time appointment viewing, just like game of Thrones, house of the dragon, um, Japanese baseball, maybe, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I am into baseball, man. <laughs> oh, but man. we've hit two out. We're over two hours here for the first time in a while. I think this has been a good one of our good ones. Very happy with it. A lot of ground to cover. You know, this great show makes it worthwhile. I think uh, so. Happy with that. Any any closing thoughts that we didn't hit before? Um, uh, I don't think so. I did like um, we had a, we had a Marsha appearance, and Caroline called them. The skunk, the porcupine, and the concubine. Is that a reference to like? I mean, just given the cadence, is that a reference to like the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe? Or I don't know. I feel like it's got to be like some children's story, or something, right? Like the skunk. So the skunk is Logan. Yeah. The porcupine. Yeah, that would be Marsha. Concubine, obviously. What's her name? Carrie. Carrie. Yeah. Uh, but skunk. Okay, why is he a skunk? He does have gray hair, and he wears black a lot, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe does he smell bad? Marsha showed up. I don't know. He doesn't seem like the type of person. You know what? Out of anybody, I feel like Logan could have terrible breath. Mm. He does look like he has that hot breath. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, that could be. And who's going to tell him? Because also, he he talks a lot, too. Now, I don't know if there is a connection. I don't talk a lot in my day-to-day life, but I have a sense that people who do talk a lot have bad breath. That hot breath. 
<laughs> and it seems like he's he, he's getting like all upset all the time. You know, he's got that mm. stomach acid going and stomach acid like, build up. I mean, I will say, yeah. I did before I brushed my teeth yesterday. I flossed my teeth, and something about when you floss your teeth, you smell your own breath oh, more man. than usual. And it was it was hot. <laughs> I don't mind saying. <laughs> Oh. oh man, yeah, that's mm. no nothing. Nothing left to add. Eat something green. Eat something green. Drink your water. Brush your teeth. That's right. Go to the dentist. I went to the dentist. Go to the dentist. Today. It was green. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah, I definitely gotta. Shit. Yeah, gotta talk to those people. That's some things. <laughs> Dental healthcare. Right. Get up in there. Right. Yeah, get up in there. Eat something green. This is podcast we have. Woo!